Welcome to the Home Hour. I'm Kirsten. And I'm Graham. We're two moms aspiring to create elegant spaces and gracious homes while dealing with real life schedules, budgets, and children. Stick with us and we'll share and show what we know, what we've learned, where we've messed up, and how to fix it. For everything we can't make up, we'll bring in the best experts we can find. On today's episode, we're tackling the sometimes intimidating world of baking and explaining why cookies may be one of the easiest and most fun ways to bring holiday magic to your kitchen. From international cookie traditions to creating pretty packages of cookies to hosting your own cookie exchange, we're discussing it all with the woman who literally wrote the book. Plus, Swedish Santa's four-year-old chefs and Graham takes the reins in this cookie extravaganza. Should I be worried? All that and more on this week's episode of The Home Hour. Welcome home. Welcome home, Kirsten. Welcome home, Graham. And welcome to The Home Hour, everyone. On today's episode, we are interviewing Elisabeth Der Niederlanden, and she is the author of Holiday Cookies, Show-Stopping Recipes to Sweeten the Season. And I'm not going to lie, Kirsten, I need a little bit of sweetening right now because it's daylight savings time and I have turned into a holiday Grinch. No, I totally get it. So... Hmm. Daylight savings time is one of those problems. Well, I haven't lived in Phoenix, obviously, my whole life. I went to school back east, worked in the Midwest, worked back east, lived back east. So obviously, I'm very familiar with daylight savings. But Arizona is one of like the two states, maybe even the only state that does not participate. So we don't have daylight savings. And I can't stand daylight savings because I'm with you. That four o'clock, it's dark, was so depressing. And it like changes on a dime. That's the problem. You, You go from... Like long days where you know your lifestyle changes in a day, and and then on top of it, as the mother of young children, you go to these like the longest day on earth, which is basically you know the first day of daylight savings time where your kids are up at five a.m. You know, but what it's spring ahead, fall behind, so it's really like four a.m. <laughs> and you're just and the just the day just goes and goes and goes, and then you. You know, then you just don't know what to do. It's like 4.50 and it's dark and cold and I'm just, yeah. It Honestly, it was the perfect interview for today because I felt like baking because you're just kind of stuck and trapped in your house and you're like, what should we do? Let's do something together. Let's, and, and that's a good thing. It really is a good thing. Wait, wait, wait. But here's the thing. It's funny. We actually are just randomly talking about daylight savings time because, so a little behind the scenes, everyone. Usually, obviously, Graham and I do our interviews together, but this one we couldn't make work. We just couldn't get it scheduled. And here's the problem. My whole calendar is a nightmare because Google Calendar messed me up. And I'm sure there's my husband's like, there's settings you just have to put in. I didn't do any of that. So because of daylight savings time, I have missed like 17 appointments in the last two days yeah, because that's the funny thing with doing this podcast like we're all like we're almost every time zone now we have to deal with people in different time zones and you're right it's you you're the problem because I'm the problem but I guess can what say at I'm four o'clock time. in the afternoon we were swimming today so <gasps> not to be a braggart but okay okay so cookies you talked about cookies I've heard the interview it's really fun y'all are gonna enjoy it um but can I just tell you a little bit um more behind the scenes as I've looked um endlessly at the uh, the name of the show, Graham. Have you? Am I the only one who has been constantly singing the Troop Beverly Hills Cookie song to herself all week? <laughs> Which is it's Cookie Time, it's Cookie Time, it's Cookie Time. <laughs> like all week, Phyllis Neffler, Troop Beverly Hills, has been in my ear oh, saying, "You're going to miss this interview because of daylight savings time." And then, of course, to add in 
insult to injury. I mean, my name is Kirsten. Like, I am Swedish. We finally have a Swedish guest on the show, and I miss it? What is going on? And ironically... More behind the scenes, my sister's name is actually Elizabeth. Like, spelled the same way. What are the odds? Where was I? Where was I? You totally missed out. I know. We could have used some some cookie jokes. Um, You could have used some Swedish insights. I mean, I I read all those Meet Kirsten books growing up. She was my American girl doll of choice. And I would say our guest today, she really kind of goes behind the scenes. She gives us a lot of um, good, kind of a good dish on what it's like to celebrate Christmas in Sweden. And on that note, we kind of do want to tell everyone who's listening, if you have little ears with you, just be very careful because we go into Christmas in depth. And so you might want to plug your earbuds in for this one. And mm-hmm. not that there we... There might be some, some things that are just more magical, you know, when they're just for for uh, the Swedes to know. Right. right. We, <laughs> <laughs> we have our Swedish secrets. I hope the parents are catching what we're throwing, which I is totally Swedish cookie they're... batter. Right, Left exactly. Right. But, you know, um, <laughs> so just plug those earbuds in toward the end of the show so that we don't mess anything up for little ears who might right. be listening. Right. Well, I'm glad you got to do the interview because I feel like you're more of a baker than me. I'm the world's worst baker, like officially. If it, I, I'm pretty good with a stovetop, but the minute it goes in the oven, it's like just a lick and a promise and a prayer. Like, hopefully you don't come out burned. And they always do. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, she gave some really good tips, but I'm not an amazing baker, but I'm trying. And I think it's the type of thing where there's a lot of promise in kind of making some fun stuff for the holidays and some interesting new recipes and some international recipes. But no, I'm certainly not an amazing baker. Okay. Um, I also want to talk to you because I do feel like cookies are a really good way to kind of just dip your toe into baking because I don't know, something about them is a little bit less intimidating. Um, but you've talked before about how there's just a lot of really sweet neighborly kind of activity, bringing people homemade food, that sort of thing. Like, do you get a lot of fun little cookies showing up on your doorstep this month? Cause I get, I have like two friends who do it and it is one of our favorite traditions. My kids are like, when are they coming with their cookies, Jess and Catherine? Um, But, you know, they really like it's become like their signature thing and I love it. And I I think, you know, maybe if you've got two or three friends together, that would be a really sweet way to kind of have maybe a fun afternoon baking and also, um, you know, a sweet gift for your neighbors or for teachers. I don't know. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I think that's all about the interview. You have to listen. Like, we'll talk about how to host a cookie baking party, how to a cookie exchange, how to package them and make them look good, uh, different types you can make. Um, so yeah, it's it's really it's kind of fun. But we definitely we get a lot of cookies this time of year. I mean, it's certainly not good for the waistline, but definitely enjoyable. And so we are. We'll address just, that in January. We'll address all that in January. And then the yeah. other thing that you and I kind of talked about today when I asked you how everything went and you said um you said you know I really need to bake with my kids and we were talking about it and that's kind of I think not a new year's resolution like a holiday season resolution that both you and I have set is when my children come up to me at seven in the morning and see me scrambling eggs and say I want to help mommy I don't care that I'm the worst mom ever I have no desire to let them help like we are rushing out the door we you know we got to go we got to get on our clothes you know there's just no time and there's just a slower pace when the kids are out of school and they're on that long winter break um and it's not like it's dinner. Like if we mess up the cookies, it'll be okay. So I think that's going to be. Wait, also and it's not even like it's like a cake. That. 
Yeah. yeah, I get what you're saying, right? Because if you're if you're doing a cake, you're just getting one cake. So you've got to be all in. You've got to be precise, whatever. But with cookies, there's enough leeway. Like it is the perfect ground to just mess it up, right? You can always put in your second batch or you can you know spend more time on the next cookie or whatever it is. But I think that's what I'm going to be doing in some of our dead hours, because I think we have a, we have a lot of those these days between like sports practices and whatever. We just have like an hour and 15 minutes to kill, you know, something like that where, you know, one child's here and the other child's waiting to go somewhere. And I think that's what we're going to try is a little bit of baking and like messing up the kitchen. This is the season of messing up the kitchen. Okay. So we had two cookies growing up that just reminded me of holidays because I don't really have tons of memories of my mom baking, but I definitely remember we would always do gingerbread cookies. And I don't know if you've done okay. that with your kids, but that's really fun. And it's actually kind of convenient because you can make a ton of dough all at once and then put them mm-hmm. in the freezer. And so it's like a like a roll of gingerbread batter. And then so we would have it actually a couple times over Christmas break. But we had that the, the one big baking, not baking really, mixing session. And then we'd bake fresh gingerbread throughout throughout the rest of the, you know, the kind of the holiday season. Oh my God, you're so Swedish and you don't even notice it. Like, did you fully <laughs> listen to her interview? Because that's apparently the Swedish cookie. Hey, I'm, I'm not. She said it beautifully, up. and I don't remember the name of it, but it was like a kurkrakenudel. Completely made that up. But apparently, that is really important. It's very important. And then there's another one that's like almost like a sugar cookie, but like a Swedish sugar cookie, and you stick your thumb in, and then you put jelly in it. And my mom was really big on these, and I think. I think if my mom had had access to lingonberry jelly, she would have used that, but we did not. But here's my question. I really, you know, both Graham and I were journalism majors. We have worked together on journalism projects from the time we were like 19 years old. Um, but Graham, I think you missed the biggest question. Which does, was? What, 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 what is her relationship like with Ikea? Like, does she buy the Ikea cookies? That is a, and the meatballs. I mean, that there's so many different, you're right. And also we could have talked about that offline. So don't just totally discount <laughs> my, um, <laughs> I mean, some things. The people want to know, have you tried Ikea cookies? If you don't, if you just listen to this show for entertainment or not going to try any of these ideas, just go to Ikea. It's oh, when we lived in DC, our family would go to Ikea for dinner. That was like, that was a legitimate restaurant in our world. <laughs> Um, I am. Have I told you about how I am in the sweet spot of IKEA right now? It's a really precious time in our family's life. Why? Oh, my you can leave oldest, zone. My oldest child is still short enough, and my youngest <laughs> child is tall enough. And I'm like, <laughs> this is like a sixth more month situation I've got going. And sometimes I go to IKEA just to like, you know, just check my email and drink a seventy-five cent cup of coffee. Just laughing at those suckers Man. over at Starbucks. Okay, Honestly, sorry, sorry. no joke. We don't have an IKEA here. It's you're actually starting to make me a little bit depressed. Oh, well, it's just my it's just my Swedish upbringing just coming on out right now. Anyhow, <laughs> um, okay. Well, cookies, Graham. Are we gonna learn everything? Is there anything else you need to add? No. Ho ho ho. <laughs> okay. Without further ado, please enjoy this fun conversation about cookies and have a happy holiday. Good morning, and we're here finally with Elisabeth Dernieder Landon. And I botched that. I'm going to say it again Elisabeth Dernieder Landon. <laughs> and we are thrilled to have you on the show today. The author of the absolutely stunning holiday cooking book, Holiday Cookies Show Stopping Recipes to Sweeten the Season. Welcome. Thank you so much for having me. 
we are absolutely just, you've written just a gorgeous book on holiday baking and you're so much more than a baker. You're a chef, you're a food stylist, and you are kind of our intro into just kind of getting ready and feeling good about the holidays. We, I, Elizabeth, I'm going to say we don't have Kirsten with us today, but what I think is kind of cool is like, this is a good opportunity for us to just kind of get cozy and start, yeah. start thinking about the holidays. So I know it, it's coming up so quickly. It is. Now, I know you're not originally from the States. Can you tell us a little bit about holidays growing up in Sweden or just how you got into cooking in the first place? Well, I think back home, so when I was growing up, and well, still too, but um, the winters are very long. And so I think the holidays, especially Christmas, is where we do all the decorating and all the lights to kind of brighten the darkness. And we spend a lot of time um, preparing for Christmas. So I just have really great memories from that. There was a lot of great smells, of course, and all the getting together and baking um, it's just, that's, it, it stuck with me, I think through, well, until now. And I still love the holidays so much. And how did you decide to come and put together a book on holiday cookies? What was kind of the Genesis versus pies or cakes or Christmas food in general or holiday food? How, what do cookies specifically say to you? Well, I think cookies in general, are just loved because they're so portable. They usually hold up really well and you can indulge in your own little dessert without having like a major dessert. Um, but when it comes to holiday cookies, I think that it's just like, it brings in the, the sheer, um, all that decorating you can do a lot of sparkly sprinkles and you can get together with your friends and it's just this anticipation for the holidays coming. Right. Uh, and you know, you're actually totally reminding me a few years ago, my husband and I took a trip, um, to Iceland over oh, Christmas nice. time over new year's <laughs> and nice. for those. And I wish it was Sweden. I've actually never been, but for those of you who aren't familiar, Iceland around new year's is basically 20 odd hours of darkness. Yes. <laughs> It is serious (laughs) nighttime and you're bringing back just, you're evoking that memory for me of, oh my gosh, it was so, it was so much more decorated and there was even more of a spirit there. And I guess you're right. When you're thinking about holiday time, if it's colder and darker, longer, you are going to double down on things that are warm and aromatic and shareable and festive. So yeah, I can see. And I, I think, think that's just it. It, it. it falls like Christmas falls right in the middle of winter, basically. And it's just like everybody takes that opportunity to, to just make the best out of it. Totally. Well, so I feel like the United States has kind of come into this holiday cookie craze because I, as a child, do not remember this being a thing. And it is now a thing. Holiday cookies are such a big deal. It's um, it's an event. It's a party that people throw. Can you mm-hmm. so can you kind of run us? I know in your book you include how to do a really fun holiday cookie exchange for anyone who might be interested in trying one. Well, I think they're, I'm, I'm actually planning one right now. And I think they're really fun because, um, so basically you would just, you, you should check with your friends, whoever you, well, you know, who friends that really like to bake. And, um, if you're the hostess, you will send out the invitation. You'll be responsible for making sure that 
nobody's making duplicate cookies. And usually, let's say if you're eight people getting together, everyone would bake eight dozen. So it's a lot of cookies, but you're making one kind of cookie. So usually that's a lot quicker. And then um, you do the exchange at the hostess house and everybody walks away with the same amount that they brought but all different kinds of cookies so then you're set for all your your entertaining basically for the holidays I love that and you're the hostess like you said so how do I mean how do you know what if I'm gonna bring you know a double chocolate mocha chip I just need to make sure that nobody else is bringing the same thing so I would, yes, I would, the hostess should check in with the, with the guests to make sure and ask them beforehand, which, which cookie is their favorite, which one are they thinking of baking? And then just checking in with everybody and making sure that there's a, that there's a good blend, I guess. And then I would serve a little bit of savory food because there's going to be a lot of weakness <laughs> going on. So maybe a little savory food and some some drinks and then just have a fun. You can have a little decorating going on if you want, decorating sugar cookies. Okay. And then you That's do kind of the for exchange. the kids if you want to bring the kids in. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. You can do And that. I know you have a 4-year-old son you mentioned. How do you bring him I in? Do. Because I think my 4-year-old son would eat maybe someone's half a dozen of one dozen cookies <laughs> and then someone would go home shortchanged. <laughs> that that could easily happen yes he loves he loves to help in the kitchen and with baking of course and I think that um sometimes it doesn't work because you know you have to make something that maybe you're bringing somewhere and that there's a time crunch but I just feel like when when we decide that we're going to do it, I might have a friend over, I have a a girlfriend who will bring her daughter and we'll just bake all of us together. And you just have to let it go and just think that it's fine, that it's going to be really, really messy for a while. And then that's it. So then you don't have to worry about it and not everything has to be perfect. It's more about having just a great time. And that's totally what this home hour is about is lowering the bar and letting people feel good about it. Um, but, (laughs) but there is something so beautiful in the way that you package the cookies that you give away. I feel like that's something that really stands out in your book. Um, and I typically just go to the dollar store and get the dollar store cookie tins. Do you, and you have some really neat things that you do either with the candies or, or whatever it is you're putting together. Do you have any tips for anyone on how to put it together and make it pop? Well, I think you can do, I mean, there's a few ways. There's, um, there's a lot of nice disposable paper plates or uh, bamboo plates that you can, um, you could either line it with a doily or just put them straight on, depending on what kind of cookies you're packaging. And then I would cover it with a cellophane bag and tie it with a nice little ribbon and the tag and, you know, write on the tag what kind of cookies there are in there. Um, or you can do um, a muffin or a cupcake liner. And I would put it in the bottom of, a, again, a cellophane bag, like a long sleeve. Mm-hmm. And then I would stack the cookies. So again, it depends on what shape they are, but let's say they're round little shortbreads, then I would stack them really high to make oh, kind that's of a creative. dramatic. Oh, so you take a long cellophane, almost like a wine bottle yes. Um, cellophane, yes. and then stick one cupcake holder at the bottom and then do a big stack. Yeah, and then tie it at the, tie it at the top, and then again put a label. So that's more of like a fun dramatic. Oh, I do there's like so that. many yes, there's and there's so many um, nice 
well, if you have a cake decorating supply store, maybe close by or even online. I mean, there's so many cute little boxes that you can put them in and just line them with either a, a parchment paper or a colored wax paper um, and pack them in there if they're a little bit more delicate type of cookie. Mm-hmm. That's a really nice idea. And then let's say we're thinking about other holiday events or parties we're throwing. My favorite two things in your book were you made cookie place cards and edible mm. Christmas ornaments. Tell <laughs> me more. <laughs> well, um, when I was writing the book, I was dividing it into chapters just because usually there's there's chapters in a book so you can you know, separate them a little bit. And I was trying to think of cookies that would um, be very tasty, of course, but it would also work as a, a decorating item. So either a centerpiece for your dessert table um, for Christmas or any of the upcoming um, celebrations leading up to Christmas. And then also when you're setting your table um, to be able to do little place settings like that, I thought that was neat. So... That's so it's an actual it, it cookie evolved. with mm-hmm. the person's name on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and the, they can eat. The, okay. Absolutely. They could, they could eat it, take it home or eat it maybe after dinner. <laughs> but yeah, it's, it's absolutely um, edible. And those cookies work really well to make beforehand and just freeze them undecorated. So if you have a lot going on, you know, leading up to all your um, holiday gatherings, you can bake bake them all off beforehand and then I would freeze them separate them maybe with a little parchment paper and freeze them and then let them defrost their room temperature and decorate them like the day before a couple of days before you're gonna use them okay and then yeah. the edible ornaments as well for the Christmas tree or for any kind of Hanukkah bush or whatever it is you're decorating yeah I mean I think that's just so fun we did a lot growing up we did a lot of Pippa Cocker which is that thin ginger snap cookie. It's also in the book where we would make really large heart-shaped ones and then make a little hole before you bake them. And we would usually we would just write God jul, which is Merry Christmas in Swedish. And we would hang those on the tree or around in the kitchen and have like a little ribbon tied in that hole. So I think that's just come from we would do, yeah, edible, edible decorations basically. I'm just picturing my cat climbing in the Christmas or my Ah. cats, plural, climbing up in the Christmas tree (laughs) or my, I can actually visualize my four-year-old like standing by the Christmas tree, just chomping at one of those cookies. Like, you know how you almost do donut on a string, that game Mm -hmm. where you don't use your Mm -hmm. hands and you try to eat it. (laughs) I can picture that could happen. That could happen. (laughs) I, I feel like I have memories of actually going into the Christmas tree when I was little and taking a little nibble of something when I really had, (laughs) because I had a bad sweet tooth (laughs) or those candy canes. There, yeah, that was exactly. Yeah. Now, I just want to take a quick moment. We have a sponsor today, and I'd just like to thank HelloFresh for their sponsorship, and just take a brief pause to hear some more about HelloFresh. Kirsten here, and I'm back. And as Graham just pointed out, today's episode is brought to us through a partnership with HelloFresh. Yes, HelloFresh makes it easy to cook a delicious balanced dinner for less than $10 a meal. And what's really neat about it is that you can choose your delivery day for when it works best for your family's busy schedule. You can also pause your account for weeks at a time when you're out of town. And what I think is really neat is that they have three plans to choose from. You can choose the classic veggie or family plan. And they also offer a wide variety of chef 
curated recipes that change pretty much weekly. Something that our family really enjoyed were the kid-tested recipes, and those are recipes that are made specifically with families in mind. One recipe that's super popular is the easy-peasy ravioli gratin with spinach, thyme, and Parmesan breadcrumbs. And so if you're looking to try something really interesting and new for your family and just kind of have a little adventure in cooking and just kind of break out of the norm, we'd invite you to go to HelloFresh.com. And for all of our listeners, we have a discount code and you just enter home hour 30 for $30 off your first week of delivery. So thank you, HelloFresh, for your sponsorship. And again, it's HelloFresh.com and home hour 30 for $30 off your first week of delivery. Yeah. And, you know, if it's been something you've been sort of thinking about, I mean, give it a try. We had so much fun trying HelloFresh. My kids, so total mom fail here, but I realized I've never served pork chops to my family. My box included a meal with pork chops. And let me just tell you, my kids are like, can we please have this once a week? I mean, I totally would have missed that. So I think it's just a great way to open um, your horizons to foods that aren't always, you know, just in, we get, we all get in ruts, right? We get in our usual rotation our typical meals. And like, what a fun way to sort of, you know, introduce yourself to some great new recipes. And you know, these recipes have all been tried and true and are going to be winners. Um, we just had so much fun. Can't, and if it's really, if it's been something you've been thinking about, use the $30 off code and enjoy it. Um, we had fun. How about you, Graham? Uh, my family loved it. Yeah, it was actually, it was really fun to get that big box in the mail and just kind of cook away. Yeah, we did it together. Well, thank you, HelloFresh. And now I will let Graham get back to her interview about cookies. And now I have another question for you. Let's say I'm a novice baker, which I completely am. And I actually, this is a kind of a sentimental year for me because my grandmother passed away this year and she was the baker of the family. And so I just think that there's so many special things in people's family that evoke, especially around the holiday times. Like we knew that my grandmother brought, you know, she had her signature brownies and she had her signature sugar cookies that she made every year. And I'm trying to really learn how to make them this year because I want my family to have this tradition and have it be something that we carry on, but I'm not a great baker. And I know baking is an exact, it can be an exact science Mm -hmm. for any of our listeners out there who want to kind of get into this cookie game, throw us a bone, like make it a little less intimidating because there is the art of perfection here. Well, I think when it comes to cookies, it's, yes, it's baking, baking is definitely um, a science. Um, cookies, I would feel, is, is a great start then because it's usually a little bit easier. Um, and if you have a great recipe and you follow it, um, you should be fine. I think what you just said about your grandmother who had certain cookies or baked items that she would bring, that would be a great way of going because if you have recipes... Or even if you don't have the recipes, you can you can ask friends or family members that would have something similar. And I think that's that's the way of really getting into it. Because if you're trying to reproduce something that you have great memories of, it's so well worth it to do it. And you just keep keep at it and then you'll get there. How much, see, I'm a little jealous of you and Kirsten, because whenever I visit Kirsten out in Arizona, my hair always looks fantastic. You're, you're going to say, where is this girl going with this question? Um, <laughs> my hair always looks amazing. Um, and it's because there's no humidity out there. And yes. I know you're on the West Coast as well. And 
I'm sitting here thinking humidity and baking because it does matter, right? The moisture and the climate that you're in, right? Like you don't yeah. make meringue on a rainy day, that type exactly. of thing. Exactly. Yes. That it does make it does make a difference, especially when it's with meringues. It makes a huge difference. So you're wondering how hair and cookies go together, but they do. <laughs> I know whenever I have a bad hair day, don't bake. Don't bake on a bad hair day. <laughs> right. <laughs> Well, you, you put a lot of kind of, you have a chapter in the book on international cookie recipes mm -hmm. and you go way beyond the sugar cookie. And I grew up eating humintaschen, rugula, linzer tarts, many type of exotic cookies that, you know, sometimes I'm a little bit afraid to try by myself, but you line them out step by step. Um, let's just talk about you know, some of your favorites from the book or some things that might be a little more exotic that maybe we could do to spruce up our everyday cookie recipe, anything you might recommend for us? Well, I think, I mean, it's always fun to try something new, right? Um, and maybe you do have a, a friend or a relative from another part of the world and Maybe that would give you the incentive to try something. But I think, I mean, obviously for me, Pippa Cocker, the Swedish ginger snaps are, are a must. Um, I think they're really fun. They're almost addictive. They're very thin and they have a nice little spice to them. So I would recommend definitely trying those. Um, I like nuts and cookies. I think the, the linser, Algon, the linser cookies are delicious and um, yeah it takes a little bit more time because you have to make the the two cookies to sandwich them together but it's they look really really pretty and they're such a great holiday cookie i i highly recommend them also the hungarian kiffles are just um, delicious tell us Those more about I, that for people who don't have the book what's in a kiffle well it has um it's it's kind of close to arugula ash dough, although it's not as crispy, but it's flaky. It's flaky and buttery. And um, you make little squares and you can have different kinds of fruit fillings. I used an apricot filling because that's what I had before. Actually, a friend introduced me to these cookies because she grew up eating them. And, and then you pinch two corners, opposite corners together and bake them that way. And then you dust them with powdered sugar when they come out and they kind of just melt in your mouth. They're just, they're, they're delicious. <laughs> yeah. We're also recording around lunchtime and I am making me starving. Yes. Um, <laughs> yes. So as far as the tools we need in the kitchen to get this operation going, what should we not be scrimping on? Uh, what matters and what doesn't, what are your kind of, if you're a novice baker or you're really trying to up your game, what do we need to have on hand? Well, I think for, as far as tools go, the main thing is to be able to, I feel like cream, butter and sugar together, which would be great to have a standing mixer with a paddle attachment, mm -hmm. but you could also do with a handheld that works as well, but it's just important to be able to, uh, to cream the butter and sugar. Mm -hmm. Um, and so a tool to actually work the dough is great. Also a food processor, depending on what kind of cookie dough you're going to do. Um, it's very useful because the food processor you will also use to crush down all your um, nuts and it's, it's a very useful and of course a rolling pin um, okay. to roll out your cookie dough. 
and a great, you know, a good big surface. The bigger, the better. I feel like when you when you have a big, large surface, you can really spread out, and mm -hmm. it it just makes the job so much easier. And and good sheet pans, um, nothing special, just very basic um, sheet pans. Because a lot of times when you're baking, you need you need more than one. You need a few of them, and just mm -hmm. have them ready to go. I think I think that's. Uh, that's all I think you really need in, in tools as far as those. Top shelf butter. Can you buy normal butter? I mean, give me the basics to make me better. Basic flour, fancy flour. Are you grinding your own flour? <laughs> that would be nice. <laughs> these these right? seem simple. I know you're an expert, but like for me, I mean, I just walk down the supermarket aisle and I pass seven different types of flour and I just grab the first thing I see that, you know. Right. Seems like I think do that's fine. I think that's totally fine. I, you know, there's a lot of great ingredients out there and I think whatever you have on hand or whatever you happen to buy that day for something else, I think it's fine. It doesn't have to be complicated. It doesn't have to be fancy to make cookies. I think in some recipes, if it's calling for something specific, I would, I would follow it because it usually has a good reason. Like a European style butter, for example, has a higher butter fat mm -hmm. and it makes a difference. You can, you can taste it. Okay. Um, and, um, I think that's, I think that's it. I remember when I was home this summer, um, I was, I went home for a month and my mother have a friend who brought us some butter from a, a nearby farm. And I used that in cookies. And I also used the jam that my sister's friend had made. And it's just, it just made it really special, but I'm not sure if it was, you know, obviously it probably helped with the taste, but it was also in my mind. I felt like I <laughs> yes. made something really special with, you know, all these ingredients that was close by. So I think that's, you know, it just feels a little spruced up, but no, I totally got what exactly. you're saying. Yeah. So we I had think somebody it's very bring us some eggs the other day. I'm really, mm. I'm a nut for fresh eggs. And, oh, yes. um, and I just, you're again, I bet if it was a blind taste test, I'm not sure if I'd be able to taste the difference, but I've probably yeah. eaten about nine egg sandwiches <laughs> since, <laughs> since I got these eggs. They're it's just amazing, like, right? Yeah. It's because you know, and it it's feels special to you. So I think right. that's, yeah. Right. Um, the last question I have for you, and we've taken a lot of your time and you've been so dear to talk to us today is what do you leave out for Santa Claus in your house? What, I can't even imagine the debate that must go down. <laughs> so it, it, it goes back to my childhood, I think, because Santa comes in the evening of Christmas Eve with us. And I've carried on that, uh, tradition with my family here, just because it's, it just comes naturally, um, they come in, so they come out in the evening. And so last year we actually had, I had asked a neighbor to be the Santa, um, because including my son and my friend's children are getting a little bit older. So they, they realize if, if Santa is actually dad dressed okay. up. <laughs> okay. So, so, okay. So but, this is fascinating. So somebody actually in Swedish tradition, yes. someone actually arrives at the, so there's an interaction with Santa. Oh Claus. yes. There's an interaction. Yes. I, I didn't mention that there is an actual, they come out this like if you're amazing. in the countryside, <laughs> they would come out out of the woods basically. And they, they carry a little light with them, a live light. Okay. And, um, yeah, they, and they say, you know, good evening to all the kids and ask if all the kids have been good. And of course all the kids shout yes. <laughs> and then he has a big sack of gifts that he hands out that 
you know, obviously the parents have given him <laughs> beforehand. You are below, you're rocking my world, but wait, <laughs> but, but what if say there's like a bicycle that needs to be delivered or a giant, so you're saying uh, in Sweden, it's not as large and grandiose as, um, I guess, I guess not. I mean, we, we got skis, I know a couple of years and those we got after Santa left. Okay. And so they, I think the parents work it in somehow, but yeah, the, the Santa would carry a sack of a few gifts for each child and, um, and, and they open them house. right away. And yes, that's so, yeah, it's, oh. it's an, it's a nice tradition. But our, our dear neighbor here, who was happy to do it, um, he made a great Santa. And um, he just wanted cookies as payment. So I brought him platters of cookies. <laughs> <laughs> I think that definitely sounds fair. Well, happy holidays to you. And thank you so much for giving your time and your expertise to all of our listeners today. Elizabeth, oh um, where can we you find your book, Holiday Cookies, Showstopping Recipes to Sweeten the Season? We will post this up on our site, hello at thehomehour.com. Uh, you can listen to us wherever you find uh, podcasts. And welcome home. Thank you for listening.